You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Play clock, now at two. Winston steps up on third down. He throws it. It's picked off by Connolly. Ryan Connolly. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hey, Grump. What's going on? Happy, uh, happy Monday. You know, we're getting closer and closer to what we hope is training camp. So let's see. It, it, it's crazy how there's no news for so long and then all of a sudden there's a million things going on at once. And that's kind of how this happened as, uh, you know, the NFLPA and the NFL came to an agreement on how they were going to handle the season this year. And, you know, it couldn't have come any closer to the start of training camp than it did and boom now there's a million things happening at once so we this this is an i mean as as packed an episode there can be without there being any action whatsoever yeah <laughs> we're trying to make lemonades out of lemons and this year 2020 for every reason possible has been a lemon shitstorm. Like I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if lemons started falling from the sky with the locusts and everything. So we're just going to keep trying to do our best to stay positive and talk about things that we care about. I mean, this has been a big weekend for the sports fan, you know, with baseball coming back, you know, in the and MLS kind of getting into, you know, knockout round kind of thing, you are seeing sports. And, you know, this weekend coming up, you will see the return of the NBA and the NHL. So there is a sense of normalcy coming up, but uh, as we're going to discuss later on in the show, how long will that last? Yeah, and and is there a blueprint for making this work, and is it being followed by all sports? So I mean that you know things are starting and stopping. It, it's we're all in uncharted territory here, so we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But so with with training camp starting today, we'll we'll get we'll get a lot of this stuff squared away right now. So um, I guess. Training camp starts today, um, and with that, the draft class signings are, are happening now. Uh, you know, a lot of that has been put off until there was even going to be a season this year. So now that there is, and training camp is starting, you know, as of this episode, Andrew Thomas, Darnay Holmes, Matt Parrott, uh, Xavier McKinney, and Shane Lemieux have all signed their contracts with the Giants. I assume that by the time you're listening to this, the rest of the draft picks will have already signed as well, um, or will be, you know taking their pictures or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's really no – what else are they going to do? I mean, you know, this is not a sport where you hold out for more money. You know, it's, it's not, not a rookie deal, no. What you're going to get is what you get. You know, you're not going to another team. You know, it's just, you know, making sure I's are crossed and T's are dotted, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little – I guess it's a little different this year without all the OTAs and stuff. I know they signed waivers so they can participate in like that first rookie – OTA right after the draft, but uh, you know, there's really there's there's no reason not to sign or to hold out or for anything. I mean, this is what you're slotted. This is what you're getting. Yeah, I, I think I think sometimes there's some minor dispute over some level of guaranteed money for first rounders only that we see kind of a little bit of late signings from year to year. But I mean, they're all usually signed by training camp. You know, so it's right. not a big deal. But so what's interesting this year is that, and and I don't claim to know a whole lot about this, so this is a little you know shoddy on my part. But this is all happening very fast. But 
NFL teams have two routes that they can take in terms of complying with the the COVID plan that has been put in place, and it's a way of enforcing social distancing or you know whatever. Um, so the the way that the Giants decided, they went down the route of having a ninety man roster until August 16th when they have to cut down to 80. But that 90-man roster has to be split into two groups. Um, So Group A is going to be rookies, first-year players, some or all quarterbacks, and uh, select injured players. And Group B are vets, some or all quarterbacks, and select injured. So they can designate... I mean, they can't designate... I mean, they, they can split those groups up however they deem fit whereas if they want to throw all their quarterbacks into group B some into A all into A the select injured guys as well but the rookies and first year players definitely A the vets definitely B and I think this is the right move given that this is a a young team a whole new coaching staff you know they're, they're, these are fresh eyes on all these players there's no carryover from last year yeah, I guess my first question is how do you allocate the coaching staff or something like this? I mean, I would assume that the quarterbacks coach and the, you know, probably the offensive line coach, you know, I think they probably would be with the rookies. I would think the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, um, you know, where does Joe Judge spend his time? Is he quarantined from not seeing the other side, you know, the other group? How is that? Uh, how's that being handled? You know, I'm not really sure, uh, but I think, you know, the the important thing to keep in mind is that this is only for about two weeks. Um, once they go down to 80 players on August 16th, they go back to normal training camp rules when they're down to 80 players. So I think a lot of this is going to be watching to see those fringe 10 players where they fit in not so much and and like really basic vanilla scheme stuff um so again like you have the rookies separated from the veterans so for instance what you have is andrew thomas is not going to be practicing with will hernandez who will be probably to his immediate right on week one so i mean this this group this this two-week period here is simply scheme and that sort of thing and individual drills and, you know, getting players acquainted with new scheme, you know, that sort well, of thing. I think for rookies, I mean, it's even less than scheme. I think it's just getting acclimated to the NFL. I mean, right, yeah. this is where a lot of more individual coaching is going to happen for technique and, you know, adjusting to the speed of the game as opposed to college and stuff. Uh, you know, it's all different this year for two reasons. One, we didn't have those off-season OTAs to begin with, and two, they're not preparing, you know, in whatever ways they do for preseason games. So, you know, there's not that kind of rush to kind of get right into, you know, not that they game plan so specifically for, you know, an opponent on August, you know, 8th, but, you know, it does change how you spend the precious few minutes and hours you have a practice where, you know, more attention can be spent on individual drills than, you know, getting really ready to, to play somebody. So right. I, I think for, you know, again, the amount of rookies on this team for having, you know, a, a new coaching staff, a coach that's, you know, his first time, you know, doing this as a head coach, I think this probably helps them out more in separating. So you have a little more targeted practice time for the people that are, you know, in each drill and everything. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
So I mean, so that's that. So that's how this is going to be going on. So we're gonna we're gonna be seeing some interesting reporting, if any at all. I mean, I assume media members are allowed to report on training camp or not. I feel like they're not. I, yeah. I think I read somewhere where there isn't. I think I, mean, I did I too. Check, I check my mailbox every day, and I've yet to receive my press credential. So I guess we're not going to be representing. But I think I've heard Patty on, on her podcast say something about how. They'll either be like a small pool of people or it's just they're going to have Skype interviews or, or team interviews, you know, but not necessarily eyes on what's going on. And, you know, that may not necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, it's just you know, a boring thing. From the, I mean, let's be honest. You know, the, the reporting of how practices are going, uh, it's really just excitement for fans. I mean, it doesn't change a right. damn thing about what's on the field you know, week one or or not, you know, it may, it may, you know, get you ready for some blunders, you know what I mean? Where, you know, maybe some high hopes for people like Andrew Thomas, you know, the reporting is that he's struggling to get in position. He's getting beat off the edge a whole lot. And then we as fans come week one are not so surprised when it happens. But other than that, it doesn't, it doesn't change any results or anything like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll be reduced to watching the team sponsored highlight crap that comes out. Um, and we all eat up. And uh, I, I, the only other thing is, I, I guess, is that we won't know within minutes after a, a player twists an ankle or something like that. That's true. Uh, you know, that will have to wait until, you know. And then again, we might get a sanitized account of what actually happened. Sure, yeah. You know, we might hear coach speak. I tweaked a, uh, a knee when it's, you know, <laughs> going in for, you know, ACL surgery. We don't know. So... So, I mean, the training camp is going to be interesting, but it starts today, and we should all be excited because things are happening. Um, in in other news that happened, you know, just over the weekend, uh, Aldrick Rosas has been, uh, I don't believe, officially waived yet, um, but he has announced his departure from the team via Instagram, I think, and the Giants have agreed to terms with kicker Chandler Catanzaro. Um so, uh, you know, we expect a, a roster move to be by probably by the time you're you're listening to this. You know, uh, we're going to kind of couple this story with the next story that Grump is going to bring about and to see it's interesting how the Giants have handled mm-hmm. offseason uh, allegations and incidents with, uh, you know, how they handle, you know, team justice, I guess, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, you know. We're going to talk about Baker and his Andre Baker in a second, but uh, it, I just find it interesting that one guy who has you know been charged with crimes and I believe are they even felonies? What Rosas? I don't think the uh, hit and run is that a felony? I don't know. I don't know, but um, you know that is something where you know the Giants have elected to move on. And uh, Dodger Baker, you know, is you know, is put on the inactive list, but his rights are still retained by the team, and you know, pending you know the the legal process. I'm assuming. So it's just interesting how you know, on the surface, it looks like you know there's a sliding scale of you know the way the team is going to handle it based upon you know one guy. Let's be honest, is a first round pick who they traded up for in a position of bigger need, and the other guy is a kicker where you can kind of shake off a tree and there's another one. So yeah, well, Inter- let's get into that. We'll, we'll hold off on Chandler Catanzaro for, for a moment. And we'll save that for, for 
the end of this, but you know, we'll, we'll put these together. So DeAndre Baker is placed on the commissioner's exemption list, which I believe is an NFL designation, not the Giants related. They don't get to exercise that or designate him. Um, That's correct. Uh, he is appealing that. I don't really particularly know why. I guess he assumes that he can just work while this is happening. Or you have the you have the right to do that. I think that's a collective bargaining thing with the union. I yeah. yeah. He is the eighth player to be placed on it. I don't think a single appeal has ever been won. Um, uh, so I've actually found conflicting reports on how this works. Uh, he won't be able to practice or play. That is without a doubt. Um, he still receives pay. That is still without doubt. But. Uh, one report from the NFL I saw is that he can attend meetings and work out on an individual basis with the team, and then other reports I've seen say that he cannot even attend anything. So I'm not particularly sure where they stand on that. I do know that it is up to the Giants. The the one report I said I saw that said he can attend meetings and work out, it is up to the Giants to allow him. Um, so it may be that he's allowed and Joe Judge does not want him there because he might be a distraction or, or maybe he just wants him to focus on his own bullshit right now. But um, So that's interesting. I, I, I'm kind of interested to see some clarity on that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, again, what do you do? I mean, if you're at the Giants, if you allow him to show up and it's a violation, is what kind of impact is it on the team, uh, on his future eligibility? I, I think, you know, well, I mean, I assume I assume that if they're interested in bringing him at all, they can call the league office and get clarity on how the rule is. I'm just saying the reports were conflicting, you know, based on so, uh, a Giants beat writer and based on an NFL beat writer. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Nick Shook wrote the NFL.com article, which says he can work out, and uh, Zach Rosenblatt for NJ.com says that he can't. So. It, I don't know. Well, I, I think we pretty, you know, we'll pretty much know on the first day of workouts where he's there or not, right? I mean, there's I a mean, good chance that being that Joe Judge didn't want him to attend any virtual meetings, that he won't even want him to show up at all anyway. So, you know, this may all be a, a semantics over whether he can or can't. Exactly, and again, you know, the uh, the appeal process might kind of muddy what is allowed and not allowed as well. So, I mean, let's let's look into our crystal balls. You know, when when the first game is played, you know, whether that's in early September, later this year or next year, do you think he'll still be on this roster? It's hard to say because prosecution can drag their feet about just about anything for any amount of reasons. Um, yeah. So there's a chance that there's no, you know. Well, let me rephrase the question then. Do you think he will be on this roster before, as long, you know, pending a, uh, pending a, a, a the way it plays out in the legal system. Will they hold on to him until that plays out? Do you think they will get rid of him before well, that? The, well, the like exemption, they do with Ross? The exemption designation does not take up a roster spot, yeah? Uh, yeah, you still have, you can, I mean, I'm sure you can renounce his rights. Like, wasn't like a guy like Ray Carruth, someone like when he was in, you know, uh, when he was accused of murder? I mean, didn't, didn't the Panthers just cut him even though he was on the exemption list? I have no idea. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just because you're, well, you can you, you can. What I'm saying is, it, it, when they're down to 53 men, I, he could be a 54th man, as far as I understand it. Yeah, right. But you just may not want to have sure. be associated with that person anymore and have him represent your team and be an employee of your team too. So that's my question to you: Is you think that he will remain 
a, an employee of the New York football giants all the way through letting the legal process play itself out? Or do you think they will cut bait before then? Um, you know, I, I think I, I don't anticipate that the, 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 the state of Florida does not prosecute him in some regard before the start of the season. So I, I, once the legal process starts getting its wheels turning, I assume that the Giants will just let him go because at that point, you're probably not getting him back this year. Even if you do, he's not working out. So when you get him back, is he even going to be in what condition? You know, what, what we're talking about here with the way they were, I guess, telling Aldrich Rosas he's going to be waived versus DeAndre Baker is being placed on a list and, you know, no designation has been made by the Giants on him. Uh, you know, is it because Baker's a better player than Rosas? Hardly. Uh, you know, kickers come and go. Uh, Aldrich Rosas, while he did have a Pro Bowl year in 2018, uh, you know, they're sandwiched between two years where they were considered down years. Um, he, he's not also the kind of position value that you can't just obtain. Um, like I said, kickers come and go. I mean, kickers are signed mid-season for a quick paycheck for one game when, when kickers get injured. They go in there, right. they hit a couple extra points, they take their paycheck, and then they're they're gone. This happens well, all the time. Let um, me ask you a question. For that exemption list, is that something the team requested a player be placed on it, or is that something that the you know the commissioner's office proactively says – we are plucking you from the active roles of, of football players and placing you on this list. I believe it is, it's a designation that is handed out by the NFL only. and There's no request required. Okay. Um, yeah. So the teams can't use it as a stash house then to say, you know, I, we're not no, sure No, no, it, it, it's specifically for unusual circumstances. It's very rare that it's used. Uh, like I said, I, I believe he's the eighth or ninth person ever to be given the exemption. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's league – you know, controlled only. There, there's no request form or anything like that. This is just you know the league designation. Yeah, and and like you said, since it's only been used eight or nine times, that indicates that this is not for jaywalking or this is not oh, for yeah, light yeah, things. Exactly. And also, you know, not for something well, we pretty sure he didn't do it. This is something where, you know, it hasn't been proven yet in a court of law, but the evidence that's been presented seems to paint a pretty bleak picture. Yeah. So I would say that uh, probably factors in. Yeah. yeah. And again, they have every right at the Giants if they want to release him outright, you know, they can do that if they think that, you know, the evidence looks bad. They don't need to have a guilty verdict to, you know, to be there allowing to get rid of somebody. They can, they can you know, they think it's conduct unbecoming. They can get rid of them. So, so, so why hang on to them? I mean, I think that's that's pretty obvious, right? I mean, there's no reason to get rid of him now. Um, there is a chance that prosecution starts, a settlement is reached, or, or or something before the season starts, and you have a very young player that can still learn. Uh, let's just say, as a for instance, that charges are dropped or or whatever uh, in in three or four weeks. So the middle of August before the season starts. Um, I still don't think he, you know, given all the that he's missed, he's probably not starting. But that doesn't matter. I mean, this is a young player on his rookie deal. Um, you know, if, if he walks away from this clean somehow, there's no reason to get rid of him now. You know, once the season starts, 
there's probably prosecution going on at that point, and it's it's just not going to happen. There is one reason to get rid of him now, potentially, if the club thinks he did it. If the evidence is out there and they just think the guy's a piece of shit and they just don't want to deal with it, that's how they can just say we're getting rid of him now. Yeah, I think I think that his I think he got fortunate by getting placed on this list where maybe Rojas was unfortunate that he wasn't deemed, you know, eligible for and, and eligible for it. Because maybe if he was deemed eligible for it, he might still be on the team right now. But maybe they were waiting to hear what the league was going to rule with him. He might have been. You know, they might have thought he might have been. They might have inquired about it, and they might have said, no, he's not eligible for this list. And they said, well, fuck him. He's gone. So that it might become down to something as simple as that, like for roster management. And um... Sure, yeah. So so one other thing to consider as to why maybe, maybe Baker is on this list and hasn't been weighed by the Giants, but Rosas has. As far as we understand it and everything I've ever read, DeAndre Baker has had zero infractions um, against him in his life uh, in terms of trouble with the law. Whereas Rosas, you know, Rosas, so I, I don't know if we ever really covered the story of what happened with Rosas because it was unclear at first, but was involved in a hit and run. Um, he was driving very fast, according to eyewitnesses only, T-boned a car, tried to leave the scene. His car wouldn't work, so he got out of the car and ran. Was found several hours later, a couple of miles away. Um, at the point in which the police found him no alcohol test no intoxication test um was used because they figured they wouldn't be accurate results for what happened at the scene of the crime at the time of the crime um so he wasn't charged with any alcohol intoxication driving any of that however he did have a previous infraction whereas baker did not rosas one of the charges he had in this hit and run is that he was driving with a suspended license due to a previous DUI. So now we're dealing with multiple infractions for a guy who's not playing very well at a position value that's pretty low, can be replaced pretty easily. He's gone. You know, it's it's not a difficult decision. The hit and run is it was a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not even a felony. Yeah. Uh, which which is kind of jarring when you think about it. But um, – <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, when you have multiple charges stacking up like that, and the, and the league has emphasized, you know, in the in the latest, uh, you know, NFL NFLPA workout thing, you know, the the decriminalization of marijuana and stuff like that, and less testing for it, the return was the NFL would punish more for DUI infractions was something that they are being serious about, you know, driving while intoxicated, especially, you know, et cetera. Uh, is something that they take very seriously, and it, and it looks bad on the league, and people can get very, very hurt. Um, so now we we have what appears to be a pattern of behavior with Aldrick Rosas. You know, again, not on his rookie deal. Uh, you know, easy position swap for a new player, etc. I mean, these are big differences between him and DeAndre Baker, even though, from a legal standpoint, the infraction pales in comparison. And also, uh, Quentin Dunbar. Um also was put on the exempt list also. So I think the league is kind of treating those as, as one, one case. Yeah. Yeah. Two players. So, uh, I mean, so was Cody Latimer, by the way. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, in any event, that's, that's, you know, right now, DeAndre Baker is not of the Giants concern. He's not showing up for anything. As far as we know, um, he's appealing his decision. He's all like on hold. Rosas is gone. What is here is Chandler get Cat and zero. Um, 
He was drafted, I believe, in the sixth round in 2016. He has a big leg. He came from Clemson. I remember watching him particularly that year. I think we were kind of, as Giants fans, looking out for kickers at that time. Uh, so he was on my radar, and I, I had you know, a, a pretty high grade on him for a rookie kicker. And in 2016, his rookie year was very good. Um, he has since struggled with consistency. You know, uh, distance has never truly been a problem with him, but we have some years with missed extra points here and there. I mean, what we're getting from a skill standpoint seems to be what we've seen already with Aldrick Rosas with consistency. The difference is that Catanzaro has never had a Pro Bowl, whereas Rosas has had one. Right. Yeah. So and it seems like inconsistency is something that happens to more kickers and those that are consistent. You know, it's just guys that, you know, were pro bowlers one year are on the street a year and a half later. And it is really no rhyme or reason to it. It's not all of a sudden like you can't see getting old and your leg doesn't work. It's just, you know, guys that are young, you know, just all of a sudden kind of lose it. How old is Rosas? 26 or something. He's young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's when you really appreciate guys like Greg Kowski and, you know, these guys that were 15 years plus. And, you know, even kickers that the Giants have had in the past where, you know, the Matt Bars and stuff where they just year in, year out, you don't even think about it. They just do their job. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just so hard to find kickers that consistently do it on a year in, year out basis. And uh, they kickers do grow on trees, but, you know, the good ones – and it's such an important part of the game now. I mean, they've moved back extra points. You know, they, you know, it, it's, you know, games can be decided by field goals and stuff. And a missed extra point can change the strategy of a game the rest of the way going forward. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the signing of Catanzaro uh, does not mean that he will be the kicker week one. I mean, there is still a chance, you know, people keep connecting to Gaskowski. Gostkowski, uh, you know, because of the Joe Judge connection, etc. You know, it, it's and, and I'm sure that there will be a every camp. There's two punters, two kickers. You know that, that it it hurts nobody, even when you have a veteran, to bring in a young guy and give him a shot and see who wins. You know, sure. Uh, so well, also for no other reason, just for reps. I mean, sure, you know, you yeah. don't want you don't want a guy kicking four thousand times and his leg falls off. Well, the uh, other thing want... too is you never know when someone runs into Catanzaro and you know he's going to have to sit a week. You have a guy who's already been in the facility. You know how he kicks. You know what his strengths and weaknesses are. You're comfortable with him. Sign his ass back up. You know. Hey, we are living in an era right now where in 24 hours, everything can change on a team right now. So. Uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to have that extra. You, if you're allowed to, they're allowing the rules where you can have a little more flexibility for this. I'm sure once the season starts, you know, there'll be more modifications made. Uh, yeah. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and lastly, for Giants specific news, the deadline for Marcus Golden to be signed by another team has passed, which means that if he wants to play in 2020, he can only sign with the Giants. Um, and he will sign at, what, like 110% of his salary from last year. Um, so this was a specific move that Dave Gettleman made, right? You could call it a bit of a gamble and a risk, but this was a maneuver he did. 
and it paid off, and he'll be back this year at not a ridiculous yeah, price point. Will not break the bank. Um, so does that go into the uh, you know do the fire get him in people? You know they just ignore this. Or, oh no 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 no. They... no so the fire get him when people say that this was Joe Judge's idea because Bill Belichick had done it once before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just making that, sure. That I, is, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I'm just looking I, for my hypocrisy, bullshit police out there to kind of like my detector to go off. So the I refuse to give a man any credit whatsoever. I mean, people don't get jobs in the NFL if they make only wrong moves, and if they do, they lose them pretty quickly. This is a <laughs> well, man who's been do, in the they, NFL they, they for. They do. Cleveland hires you, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, guys like that, they go, they they elevate up to a position, they lose that position. This is a man who has only gone up in his career. He's been. Work in the NFL for decades and decades and decades. It's not a complete bozo, even if he makes mistakes or does things I disagree with from time to time. Not everything he touches is terrible. So, you know, even if you don't like him and I'm willing to argue about things here and there, concede on things here and there, I mean, you have to give some credit where credit is due. Some Somewhere along the line, he did something right. I don't care yeah. where you want to make your argument, but it just is what it is. So, Well, the bottom line is Marcus Golden is back on this team. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is still a chance that he decides he doesn't want to play this year due to health reasons, etc. He may be using, not using, but I mean, this situation may fall into his benefit where he doesn't have to do this. In my opinion, this is still a one-year deal, and him to show two back-to-back years of consistency actually benefits him more. Um, so we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Are are you thinking he wouldn't play because of just fear of getting getting the virus, or just? He's just going to sit out. I, mean, I, think, I think that's a little bit in every player's mind, at least a little bit. That's it's out there. I mean, especially when they have to go through as many precautions as they're going to have to do. But I mean, he's he's Marcus Golden. He's not Jesus Christ. I mean, for someone to say, "Well, I'm just going to take a year off," and all of a sudden, look. I mean, nobody wanted him this year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at the at the price, yeah, the price. I'm the sure price, his agent was asking. I understand that, but I mean, it, that's probably the same price that, or at least that, if not more, he's going to look for next year. Yeah. And if he's not going to put any, you know, tape on his resume or anything, that's not going to help him. So, I mean, if he's concerned about, and I'm not, I'm not begrudging any athlete who says they want to sit this out this year. Sure. I mean, this, they're, I think they're crazy personally. I know it's a lot of money at stake and everything, but I think they're nuts. So if they decide that, uh, you know, they don't want to play for fear of catching the virus themselves, potentially getting their family sick for whatever reason, you know, that's perfectly fine in my book. Um, but I, I find it very, very difficult, if not impossible, to believe that anybody with his, you know, his his history, track record, any of that stuff, is going to sit out just to wait for free agency next year. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, so that's that. So that's an, that's another roster spot. I believe the Giants are at the time of this recording at eighty-seven of ninety players. Um, so there's that. Um, and you know, you should all be scrolling through your Twitter timelines now, uh, looking at anything that you can. That's that's little highlights here and there. I'm sure you know the Giants are going to be pumping out um, little videos here and there. Eat it up, man, because yeah. who knows if we're even going to see a season? Because baseball has started, launched about four days ago, and you know. I, I don't care about baseball, but people were so excited. There were pizza parties, people watching games together, etc. Hey, I took off work on Friday and went to a uh, a socially distancing party to watch opening day. It was great. I was yeah, very happy. Yeah. And I'm sure you enjoyed it because it may not happen again. Um, baseball games are already being canceled as there's an outbreak with the Florida Marlins. 
uh, Miami Marlins. They it's changed whatever. their name a couple of years whatever. ago. But yeah, <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that you know, professional sports and college sports have taken you know two different routes of how they want to return. You know, the uh, the NBA, MLS, NHL have decided to go with, some, and also the WNBA have decided to go with some form of the bubble concept where everybody comes to one area, they are quarantined, they can't go anywhere, they go out of their their hotels, they go to the game, they come back to their hotel, and that's that. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football is not doing that. And shocker here that it took four days for an outbreak to break out among the Miami Marlins where – we're recording this on a Monday night. My Monday's game was postponed with the Marlins. Not only that, the team they played over the weekend, the Philadelphia Phillies, postponed their game with the Yankees, you know, because they were obviously around the Marlins all weekend. The Marlins, you know, were in the visitor clubhouse in Philadelphia. Now the Yankees were to be there and everything. So, you know, it just started already. And, you know, there are all sorts of, you know, questions, both, you know, medically and logistically that have to be kind of dealt with right now. You know, baseball only has a 60-game schedule, and they're playing it over 67 days. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Marlins may not play for another three days or a week. What happens? You know, so this is exactly what we said when we talked about this last time where, you know, we brought up the point of what do we do when, when Florida goes on lockdown, right? You know, and it's, it's a statewide thing, and, and how are you going to play games? And I said – you know, now is the time you should be having contingency plans with with any stadium. With being that there's no fans whatsoever, all you have to do is reserve some level of professional field. You know, in in terms of in terms of upkeep for for backup in case this happens. But what happens if there's an outbreak with an actual team actually causes uncontrollable chaos? There's no way for you to handle. What to do with this? And, and you know, baseball—you know—you can cancel games and du- doubleheader them. You can't really do that with football. I mean, first of all, you're not doubleheadering anything with football. You can maybe slide some bye weeks or something, but it all becomes haywire because when a game happens, you know, you don't have the same two teams on a bye week, and it just—it becomes a complete fucking mess. And I don't know how you handle it. And that is the uncontrollable aspect when a team has an internal problem. I—I I, I think it—it it starts to shut the whole plan down. Yeah, I mean, people just don't want to get the fact that if you live in an area where, well, we don't have any cases, these sports are played across the country, the ones that are not in the bubble. And, you know, logic says that the places where there's the most cases right now are most likely their teams are going to get it. And guess what? Miami got it. (laughs) And, you know, it happens, you know. Baseball has done the wrong thing because it really should be all or nothing if something gets shut down for a day because to keep the uniformity. Like if they said, okay, for the next five days, we are just not playing and we are removing those five games from the schedule. No, you still would have everybody playing 55 games. You'd have that uniformity and you'd have something to kind of compare apples and apples to. Um, But baseball is not doing that. So right now the Marlins are one game and not only the Marlins, but you know, the Phillies and the Yankees, they're now all of a sudden one game behind the eight ball with the rest of the league, and those have to be made up in some way. And, you know, if it comes out in a situation where one team played 60 games and one team played 54, and that team with 54, they, they 
you know, they jerry-rig the way they get in. They do it based on winning percentage as opposed to, you know, wins and losses. The people who don't think this season is legitimate to begin with are really not going to take this seriously going forward. So, you know, now for football, football is always more centralized, it seems. You know, they they look at everything from the big picture and, you know, across the league, whether it's TV contracts or, you know, licensing fees for for uniforms or you know everything's on just sundays so it tries to stay as uniform as they can and i would think if this was something like this was going to happen for football i think you would see like week seven just shut down and they just don't have a week seven and they will they will deal with they will want to keep everything as equal as possible and again the nfl has the has the, the luxury i guess of everything happening before it like all the mistakes made with you know first German soccer, then Premier League in England, and now these things in the bubble, and now baseball starting. So hopefully they're learning from all these things that are going wrong, and they can apply it to their uh, contingency plans. But, you know, Grump, what does this mean for the likelihood of football actually starting on time? I think it decreases it even more than it was. Yeah, all all hopes I had um, just... I don't want to say went away. They're just, you know, it's just another bullet in that gun. Uh, it, it, I, I, it, it's hard to not get excited when you hear the news of, you know, training camp starting and guys signing. You know, it, it, it's easy to get excited. Uh, and then you read this and it's the one – it doesn't matter. You know, all those little stories that get you excited, this is the one story. It's like it's it's a it's a magic everything bullet. else everything yeah. else is moot yeah. i mean it, it's it, like nothing none of that shit that lifts you up matters at all this is the magic bullet this kills everything yeah and so. you know it's probably too late at this point to start thinking about well let's scrap what we've done and decide to go to the bubble format you know everything is happening the, the logical places where this could work are already being occupied you know the 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 nba and the wmba they're all and uh, MLS are all using the Disney complex where there are multiple fields and, you know, tons of, you know, nice hotels where teams can stay at and all the support and everything, you know, to me, it's not a question of, well, play in minor league parks or, or, you know, do this. It's, you have to implement a bubble. And I've been saying this ever since this whole pandemic started is that you can't trust people. You know, you can trust individuals. Maybe you can't trust people as a whole. And you're talking about a group of people that for their entire lives will not accept no for an answer or anybody telling them no. You know, these are the guys in high school that got away with murder. Uh, you know, nobody ever told them no. Their, their peers, their teachers, whatever, never told no in college. Now they have money. They can do whatever they want. No one says no. So now you're telling, you know, unless you are mandatorily forced to be locked down, Hey, don't go out to a club. Don't go to a strip bar. Don't bang this chick. Don't do that. What are they going to do? Of course they're going to go out and do these things. People just can't be trusted on their own. And uh, you're seeing the results four days into the baseball season. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I had seen this bubble concept proposal a long time ago for football specifically to just send everyone to Hawaii. Make it sound like a fucking vacation. Like they're all going to the Pro Bowl. Just play there. But. I mean, it, it can be done theoretically. I mean, you'd have to find a place where there is, I mean, you drive anywhere in the suburbs, anywhere in this country, you see these facilities where there are multiple, 
you know, soccer fields and football fields, like for youth sports and stuff. And you don't need to have 80,000 seat stadiums for this. You don't need any seats. You need basically, you know, you need a patch of land. I mean, where MLS is doing their MLS's back tournament, they basically created a temporary main field to have the majority of the games, but there's fields around it where they can play as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if they really want this to happen, that's what they have to do. But but it, it like you saying it, you think it's too late now. It's a hundred percent too late now because now what you're, you're you're telling players that they what you read what you're doing now is renegotiating the deal they have with the NFLPA when you switch to a bubble format. Now you're telling players they cannot go out, they can't do this and that, and it, it's it's not going to happen. It's of course we're not. way no. down the pipeline now. It's it's yep. the the shit has already been flushed. You know. Yep. Yep. So I mean. They're going to try their best. I mean, I think this thing with the Marlins absolutely kills any hope for college football. Absolutely kills it. No chance. Zero. And that sucks, you know. But for the NFL, again, because they're professionals, they're not tied to, you know, being on campus or anything. Right, yeah. But I think, again, the, the, the model of the non-bubble, just it took really – and maybe for the best that it happened sooner than later that, you know, that might – keep some football players from getting infected and getting sick and dying. Who knows? If they didn't go through the charade of trying to, to pull this off. Right. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know. No. But in any case, if a season happens where the last two weeks of our season prediction, week 16 and week 17. So where we have the Giants right now, Cranky Fan has them at 6 and 8 rolling into week 16. I have them at 8 and 6. Don't know what I'm smoking, but you are welcome to it. Um, week 16, they travel to Baltimore, 1 o'clock game, December 27th. This is a loss in pen, no question. I would say a loss in magic marker. Yeah. Um, you know, the Ravens, you know, I, I want to specify this because I did look at this. I didn't just like blah, 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 loss. Um, they do have their roster holes. They're, they're, this is not a – I don't think they're a Super Bowl team yet. Um, they are very good. Uh, I do believe also that Lamar Jackson will have what we often see with very good, talented quarterbacks in a some. I don't want to say sophomore slump, but the league gets accustomed to things. They have time to look over tape. I believe that he will struggle a little bit more this year than he did last year, but he's going to continue to play at a high level and. He just the way this offense is structured, they just score too damn fast. I, I think that if the Giants are playing smash mouth football, that actually can work against this defense. But it won't work if they can't stop the Ravens from marching down the field, which I just do not believe they can do. And I fully believe, even when I really looked at this, you know, I, I do believe the Ravens are at this point a one or two seed in the AFC, probably a two behind the Chiefs again. Um, and they may not need to play any starters who are nursing some level of injury, a, a hamstring or, or something like that. Doesn't matter. I, I no, no matter how I slice up this roster, I just do not even see the Giants in a place this year to compete at all with a team like this. Uh, especially now, like we're getting into week 15 where I think the team has kind of run out of gas. I think, I think a lot of good has been built by this team during the year, but I think we're at this point now where, you know, the, the gas is running out of the tank on this team. I think going, playing a team like Baltimore, who's playing for something important, you know, maybe for seeding or who knows what against one of the 
definitely one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I, I just I can't see it happening any any shape or form. So again, I'm putting this as a loss in, in my big fat black magic marker. Right. <clears throat> and then we return home for a week 17 matchup against Dallas again at one o'clock game, uh, January third, and. Uh, I, I, it's it's funny because you you kind of took exactly what I was going to say and applied it to to the week before. It's a long season for a young team, a young coach with a fucked up summer, and God knows what kind of strange issues due to COVID nineteen. I think there's a very real chance that at a on paper the Giants can match up with the Cowboys toe to toe, but at the end of the year, coming off a few losses in a row, it just doesn't bode well for this group. Um, I, I think. You know, given everything that I've, I've, I've looked at here, it's an encouraging way to end the season, even if it's off of a couple of losses. Um, you know, being eight and eight with a legitimate wild card shot at eight and eight. Now, um, I, I have this as a loss in pencil. I, I think that, like I said, on paper, I think these teams can compete. And, and if Dallas is resting some starters, is completely different than Baltimore resting some starters. So if if that's a thing that's happening there, I think there's a chance. Uh, but I feel fairly confident that this is another loss and the Giants end the year at 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm going to go ahead with another <clears throat> loss in Penn as well. Uh, you know, again, maybe if they're resting, you know, if they're 12-3 and three going to this game, they've locked up the one seed, they're resting. Yeah, maybe. But again, you know, that's, that's, we're not, we're not, doing these predictions based on, well, if this guy is hurt or if the situation happens, exactly. we don't know that we're kind of, we're making these predictions based on kind of the head to head matchups at relatively full strength. Uh, you know, we're not predicting specific injuries, but overall wear and tear. And again, I think this team again, is not going to look like they quit, not look like they completely fallen apart. But I think again, ran running out of gas, playing some really good teams at the end, really nothing to play for. Uh, I, I think this team kind of, but I don't. I don't go into this off season thinking that, uh, you know, there's more and more problems. Same old, same old. I think I've seen enough good things in this team that a foundation was built that you know, it'll be very identifiable. The things that they'll need to you know, acquire during the draft or free agency or, or trades or whatever. Maybe some tweaks to the coaching staff, but uh, you know, they're gonna have to get through this season first. And I don't think it's gonna look pretty in the in, in the moment of how they end up with Baltimore and uh, Dallas. I'll put this one as a loss in Penn as well. Right, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that. And under the microscope of these two weeks, it's going to look bad, or, or, or the, the, the couple weeks before, kind of looking at it as a couple losses in a row. Um, but, you know, come March, when we're, we're talking about the next draft and where this team needs to get better, I think we'll look at this with a little bit more optimism as the way this season went down. Um, yeah, I think we'll look at it in totality for the entire season and say, you know, you know, the Giants offense improved exponentially. We could see what they're trying to do now and we could see some gelling cohesion in the offensive line. We can see how Daniel Jones jumped from year one to year two. We can see that the you know, the secondary isn't just the sieve that it was and we're not gonna care necessarily how they what the the record was in the last several games and the score and all the numbers. It's more like is the ship turning around at sea? Right. And that's going to do it for this episode. Like I said, packed but not action-packed. Um, hopefully, 
by next week, we'll be having some good news about training camp, some some info about guys who are looking good and who are not, and fun stuff. Fun stuff to talk about, and, and maybe baseball is continuing just fine. Uh, let's hope. But throughout yeah. the week, you can follow me for any info that I find out about uh, training camp performance, You know, new guys coming, old guys going, um, and any news about the season uh, on Twitter, at football underscore grump. Catch me always is uh, on Twitter, at the Cranky Fan, where you'll get all of your updates about your first place Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I'll throw a three-in-one start before you know we're recording this on a Monday. Hopefully the season hasn't ended by the time you get this in your feeds on Tuesday. But, you know, that we're talking New York City football in the round of 16 in the MLS's back cup. It's exciting. You know, thank God there's no Knicks to talk about. That's good. <laughs> so we're trying to make do with, you know, there is a sense of normalcy coming back slowly but surely. It's a, you know, a one-step-forward, half-step-back process, but we are slowly getting there. And hopefully this thing with baseball is just a blip and a one-step-back a, a one if we're still moving forward. And uh, we can have the NFL in some form this season. In, uh, let's have to wait and see. Yeah. So it's a it's a bump in the road, hopefully, but but strap in for a bumpy ride with us. Um, our our podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, etc. So subscribe there for free, and you can listen to all these episodes every Tuesday morning. It will be ready in your inbox, ready for or whatever in your in your queue, ready for you to listen. So follow us there and on Twitter as well at Just Giants Pod, where we interact with other podcasts and. and uh, just fans in general, so that you can tweet at us there, and we'll respond, and all that other stuff. And all you boomers, you know, we have a Facebook page. You know, follow us on Facebook as well. You know, get up to the minute updates of when we have new episodes, and uh, you know, be sure to give us a, a five star rating and a nice, happy review. So the the more good ratings we get, the more giant fans we get to talk to. So don't forget to do that. Uh, so we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everyone, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.